welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Welcome, we're with Candace. we're doing Kindred, and the reason this intro is so fast because we have a lot to say. A lot to say. And I just <laughs> need you to throw it all out there. What? I hate it. <laughs> I'm I, I, wa- I want to like it, Rachel. I tried to like it. I want to yeah. like it. I sat yeah. down. I mm-hmm. saw the trailer and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this trailer mm-hmm. is my everything. They're getting mm-hmm. everything right. They're hitting all mm-hmm. the notes. Kevin mm-hmm. doesn't have white hair and he seems kind of young, but that's fine. We're mm-hmm. still moving. We're still, we still got it. It's fine. It's good. We're doing what we're supposed to do. We've got it. And then I watched it last night and I, I <laughs> fucking hate it. Oh, yeah. I hate it so much. I, I just keep find, trying to find like the grains of goodness in no. this yeah yeah i was when i watched it i had noticed that you had not responded to me yet so i was like there's no way that they've watched it yet yeah there's no way because i know the second you watched it i was gonna get some messages oh rachel (laughs) i looked at my clock when i was watching it and i was like well it's too late to blow rachel up with all my thoughts so i guess i better take notes so i took a lot of notes and the notes Mm -hmm. are also mad so mm-hmm. I, I don't, I have not, I have not been this salty about mm-hmm. a, pe- a piece of pop culture in some time, mm-hmm. in some time. Like, for example, I have not yet seen Wakanda forever because I have not gone to the movie theater. I am ashamed Same. to say that I would have seen it in the movie theater if there were not a horrible raging pandemic. Um, I'm just very nervous of enclosed spaces in South Florida for good reason. Um, <laughs> but like. <laughs> If Wakanda Forever, if I watch that and it's bad, which I know it's not because everybody and their mom is like, it's so good. You haven't seen it. So like, I'm fine. But like, Mm -hmm. if I had watched that and it was bad, I'd say that this, this might still make me saltier that this is bad. And like, Black Panther is a big deal for me. So like, I'm, I am, I think the thing that makes me even angrier Mm -hmm. is that they got me with the trailer. That's the thing that fucked me up more is that I was expecting something great because of the trailer and mm-hmm. it's not great. It's not great at all. It is the opposite of great. It's yeah. not the worst thing I've seen in my life. Yeah. But it's based on one of the things that's one of my most favorite things in my life, which means that even being slightly bad is terrible. And this is way, yes. this is way worse than slightly bad. I just... Uh, I, okay. Let's just, we're going to go through it in chronological order so we can all organize our thoughts together because I don't know any other way to do this. Yep. So, all right. From the intro, the very first thing, which is normally the hospital scene, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we get her screaming about Kevin mm-hmm. and uh, the cops showing up. And I, from that point, I was like, you know, that's fine. That's a fine change. It's a little different. It doesn't really tell us much, but you know what? I'm rolling with the punches at that point. I you know like, what it told me, though? It told okay. me that this is not a limited series. That's what it told me. The second that I saw her screaming for him, the police showing mm-hmm. up, heard both of her arms attached to her body. I was yeah. like, they're trying to angle for a season two. They're not going to tell us the whole story in season one, which is a shame because it's probably not going to get renewed. They should have just told yeah. a stupid story in one season and done a mini series. Like that mm-hmm. would have been transcendent to just do the book the way that it was written as a mini series within 10 episodes. They could have done that. They chose not mm-hmm. to. We are not going to get to the end of the season with, with, a fin- with like a finale. It's going to be 
a cliffhanger for season two. Like I am 99.9% certain. And like, that's why they chose to start it there so that they could stretch out the story. Because the second you start it with her arm is gone. You don't want people forgetting from season one to season two that mm-hmm. like eventually she's going to lose her arm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. too much distance for like the average casual viewer to be like, Oh, she loses her arm. You know what I mean? Like even game of Thrones will ping you like two times in a season about something before they resolve it in like season, you know, the next season over. Mm-hmm. Like they'll ping you a couple of times first so that you so you have that recall. And I don't think they were trying to do that here because in the book, I mean, the yeah. book isn't super long. They don't need to do that. So that's what that's that point. that's what that beginning told me. Yeah, that makes story. a lot of sense. Yes. I didn't pick up on that. And now I'm like slightly more upset. I don't know. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Okay. So then let's move to watching Dana through this whole house okay mm-hmm. the first thing we see is dana having a gun in the refrigerator yeah i have a lot There's... of feelings about that yes <laughs> because one of the big things is that dana does not like guns or violence is... at all yeah so one she is a single woman why does she own a gun i would is love she... to know and why, why is it in the fridge yeah, I don't. What? Especially because you we by by the time you keep watching the show, which again we're doing one episode at a time, so I'm not trying to jump ahead or anything. But like mm-hmm. we, I watched episodes one and two in preparation for our call today. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a gun in the fridge, and you're talking about the book, and she's in the house and she's screaming Kevin, and Kevin isn't there then that means that that's the time that she left Kevin back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. So who would have gotten her the gun? Like, is there going to be a resolution mm-hmm. to that? Is there going to be a scene where like, Kevin's like, all right, I'm, I got, I have a gun and I'm leaving it in the fridge. Like, is there a scene yeah. where like her, 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 I don't know. Like who, who could have put it there? Like she's, she, she starts having visions like immediately. There's not even any establishing time to like, set up her life yeah the other thing i about the gun in the fridge is is it supposed to be a joke about mafia ties because there's like there's supposed to be like a thing that i've like been hinted to before and i'm not very good with pop culture so i could be totally off base but Mm -hmm. isn't there supposed to be like an ice box gun mafia thing isn't that supposed to be a like a stereotype of some form something so i don't know that's a very good question um i've watched a lot of gangster movies uh well not like a lot a lot mostly the mm-hmm. gangster movies that are also really good italian family movies because my mm-hmm. my my dad is italian so like you know goodfellas stuff like that yeah. um i know getting iced is a term okay that means that you're gonna get killed right you're gonna get knocked off mm-hmm. or whatever Maybe that's but where like, that from? I don't know about an, I, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like it could be, I just might, I might be ignorant on this. Like I just, cause I don't, I don't know about it. I mean, it's not my priority to watch, you know, Joe Pesci movies. No offense to him. He's lovely, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's not my thing. <laughs> I don't know. Someone tell us in the comments because I have no idea, but yes. I just remember hearing this. Yes. So I don't know if that's supposed to be the thing. And that's why yeah. it's in the refrigerator. Cause like it could be anywhere in her house. I don't know why it has to be in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah me either i don't i don't understand like why would you want to keep it in the refrigerator too because like 
when you use a gun, like there's friction and stuff. And like, I wonder if like keep, if it's cold when you try to use it, if that like fucks it up, like, I mean, I've only gone shooting like three times in my life. So I can't, I am again, not an expert here, but like, it just feels like a strange place to keep your stuff. Also, it's not like she's hiding it. There's like two things in a refrigerator. It's not yes. like it's like, oh, let me move away the lettuce and oh, a gun, you know? Oh, like, no. Yeah, no. It's like right there on the shelf next to her milk and ketchup. Or someone breaks in your house. You're like, do you want to drink water? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect place for it. Yeah. You show you show the burglar hospitality and then you mm-hmm. switch it up. You pull a switcheroo yeah. on them and you get your gun out. I just, uh, okay. Listen, listen. So I'm still in this intro, okay? I haven't even got we haven't even gotten into the real episode yet. Oh my god. Oh my god. So then we got the police trying to bust down Dana's door. First of all, the police know her name already, which is strange. That's something you don't want. Yep. Well, so they say your neighbors made a call. Mm -hmm. Right? They put that out there. They're like, your neighbors made a call and we're worried about your safety. And she's like okay well i'm fine please go away and in my mind i'm like what kind of obtuse writing yeah is gonna set this story up in modern times and have the police breaking into a black woman's house because Mm -hmm. they are afraid for her safety Mm -hmm. in the face of the murder of brianna taylor Mm -hmm. in 2020 year of our lord Mm-hmm. Why in the world do you have police breaking into a black woman's house because they're concerned about her safety? Mm-hmm. No. no, 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 no. I refuse. No. no, throw it in the trash. Send it back to whence it came because mm-hmm. no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Even if the neighbors were worried, they would knock and they would wait patiently. They were not going to fucking swat your door and fucking come into your home okay yeah unless there's a bomb threat or they think something illegal is happening inside or they're quote-unquote serving a no-knock warrant in which case they wouldn't have knocked okay like no no yeah yeah what okay so also this girl's phone is like chronically dead always what like I hate that she has a phone. I hate that they didn't just set it in the 70s. I understand, like, why they wanted to put it in present day so Mm -hmm. that or present-ish day so that you can have an understanding of Mm -hmm. what, like, what Black people and Black women specifically are going through now. But I immediately questioned. I was like, how are you going to have this? How are you going to tell this story the same way? To me, the largest plot point of Kindred Mm-hmm. is Dana, a woman who is married to a white man at a time when that is very unusual and uh, and still something people are fighting for. Dr. King is two years dead, right, at, in, in the book. It's 1970. Mm-hmm. So she's in a radical relationship with Kevin. And mm-hmm. it's about her reconciliation of the way the world treats her, the way her husband treats her. Mm-hmm. And then she goes back in time and understands the way that like her ancestors were treated, mm-hmm. including the ancestor who treats her like a slave. And mm-hmm. the juxtaposition and understanding and the break the breaking down of her thoughts on ownership of a person because mm-hmm. Kevin treats her like he owns her. Like to me, that's like one of the main themes of the original book. Yeah. And when you said it in, in present day, like you can still have that conversation. I'm in two interracial relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
there are conversations that I have with my partners about my blackness and about my black experience that are necessary. Like I can't date people of outside of my race that aren't interested in hearing about those things because they're integral to my worldview, to how to understand me, how to love me, how to care for me, right? My love language, like all of that is wrapped up in my daily life experiences. Mm -hmm. You can't, they're inextricably linked. You can't separate them. But like mm -hmm. what they're doing here, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, so is this not the point? It feels like this might not yeah. be the point of this show. I, I don't know. really, <laughs> I don't know what the point is. I see I she has a gun. She's trying to grab her go bag. She kind of starts to vanish or whatever. She's like screaming for Kevin at the top of her lungs. And then it does like a hard cut to like the opening like letters. Mm -hmm. I pushed pause. I got up. I walked around for a minute and then I sat back down and was like, all right, let's continue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I, okay, so we've also introduced multiple new characters in this too. Oh my God. So we've got her aunt and uncle, a Who grandma. Are, her aunt and uncle in the book, like her mm -hmm. aunt is like, they are, they are a memory. Yes. They're a memory in a conversation she has with Kevin in the past. Mm -hmm. She's like, my aunt and uncle, I don't talk to them anymore because they're always in my business. They don't think that I do the right thing. They think I'm impulsive. Mm -hmm. Full stop. That's it. And there's a whole dinner scene. And she's mm -hmm. mean to them. And in my mind, I'm mm -hmm. like, that, that was the point when I was like, I need to look up who wrote this. Because the way that Dana acts in that scene with her aunt and uncle, like, fine, she's late. Okay, cool. But like, why are we going to sit here and pretend that this woman is going to be that rude to her elders? Like, I don't, not, not trying to say anything about other people's cultures, mm -hmm. but in the black community, I do not know a lot of black people that are willing to like throw the fuck down with their aunts and uncles the way this version of Dana is willing to throw the fuck down. I, I also don't know why they make her so like privileged, like she's privileged. She's. Yeah salty and kind of surly with people she yeah. she like prefers watching dynasty which has like one black character in diane carroll that's like a very white like it's a historically extremely white show right like mm -hmm. i felt i almost felt a little attacked because i like punk rock music and alternative music and throughout my life people have tried to be like oh you're fucking an oreo which is a horrifically racist term like oh, i'm black mm -hmm. on the in black on the outside white on the inside like what is that supposed to mean because i listen to like a style of music that was stolen from black people and co-opted by white people. And now it's quote unquote white, right? Like, because that's the music that I identify with and I listen to that makes me somehow less black. Like what? So like, she doesn't know any of the funk music of her people. Right. Which I also know, right? Like you should know both sides of the story, both sides, you know, you should know all sides of your culture, but like, mm -hmm. she doesn't know that, but she's like, dynasty is my jam. And I'm like, I love Downton Abbey. Don't get yeah. me wrong. <laughs> Like, I'd love me some Downton Abbey, but I'm not going to be like, you haven't seen Downton Abbey to like somebody who's like not interested in watching shows that are completely about white people. Right. Like, that's that's silly to be surprised. And like, she's kind of a dip. Like, she doesn't seem super smart. Like, mm -hmm. she seems very incapable of like living a normal life. She like doesn't go visit the house she buys. The fact that she's talking about the house yeah. at the table with her aunt and uncle my blood ran cold because I was like, 
you moved to California alone. Mm -hmm. You're not moving in with a man that you're married to. Mm -hmm. You're moving into this house alone. Mm -hmm. What the fuck is this show doing right now? That's not the book at all. Like, what journey are we about to go through if she's moving into this house by herself? And then the waiter starts looking at her. I know. With a cheeky grin. And I'm like, Uh this motherfucker. I'm like, I hate him. Listen, I was like, Jason's like, is that Kevin? I'm like, it better fucking not be because he has some dark ass hair with no salt and pepper or gray in it. No glasses. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is a very tan man. Um, and he's got tattoos on him for some reason. And he's cheeky. So mm-hmm. for all of those reasons, he better not fucking be Kevin. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. he's Kevin. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. We're going to self-soothe. We're going to self-soothe. Woosa. And we're just going to see what I know. happens, Candace. It's going to be all right. Maybe they're going to flash forward to them being together for 10 years. Maybe that's what's going to... No. No. Okay. I have to mention here. While you were describing this, I just had what I would like to say is like an out-of-body experience. I think... What they are trying to do is they're trying to, like, make this whole play on, like, I don't know if they're trying to make it seem like modern Black women no longer even, I like, understand what, like, they've made this, okay, you know how, I, okay, let me just back up, and then I need you to take the words that are in my head, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, you know how like millennials make movies about Gen Z kids and yep. they're like, oh, you don't even understand what MySpace is. And you think you say words like Riz and like they're doing that, but about like black ladies. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. They yeah. are. Yes. That's exactly what it is. She's sitting there confused why her aunt and uncle are clutching their pearls over the fact uh-huh. that she sold one of the last black owned brownstones. Yep. To whoever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, everyone knows about the gentrification of Brooklyn and mm-hmm. the fact that black people used to exist in those areas. Spike yeah. Lee has a movie called Crooklyn about Brooklyn in the early nineties. And it is mm-hmm. a black ass movie because it used to be a black ass place. Okay. Like they're used to black people used to pass those brownstones down family Mm -hmm. to family to family. And the reason Mm -hmm. that they were all pushed out is because eventually the property taxes and stuff became too high, right? Mm -hmm. People started to kind of push them out. Developers were like, ooh, these brownstones are really nice. They have good bones. We could sell them for a lot more money and offered these black people money. Now, granted, this is the same time when you've got fucking crack being flooded into black neighborhoods, right? You have people, again, same thing that they did with the Native Americans, right? Where they're like, hey, here's alcohol. And the Native Americans are like, okay, well, you know, our lives kind of suck. This is going to help make our lives better. And then it just made their lives worse. Crack is the same way. Oh, it's really hard being black. Well, you know what takes your mind off of it? These drugs. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I'll try it. And then like the whole community's ruined. So mm-hmm. that's, they, they've been po- like, pe- wealthy white people have been poisoning the well and di- disenfranchising minorities for, for since the dawn of time. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting across from her aunt and uncle who are old enough to remember this, mm-hmm. which like everyone's old enough to remember this, including fucking Gen Z mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's happening right now. It's a current mm-hmm. event. And 
is just like nonchalantly like, oh yeah, I sold it. It went so fast too. And in my head, I'm like, it went so fast implies that you didn't charge what you should have charged for it. Mm-hmm. Went so fast means you just wanted to get it off your hands so you could move to LA. And why is she moving to LA? So she can be a television writer. Mm-hmm. She has a book on writing for television that she uses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to look up who wrote this. I I have to look up who's directing it. I need to see, are there a lot of white people that are working on this production? So most of the people working on this are black people. I can uh-huh. only assume that the studio was like, we're going to need to make a lot of changes to your script because here are some problems that we see with it. White people don't want to see that, you know, they used to be evil and that, you know, some of them might still be a little bit evil when faced with the realities of what it's like to be a black person in the face Mm -hmm. of their own privilege. They're not going to make the right choice, which I think is a really important conversation to have because there are a lot of my white friends that have had to come to me and be like, I made a poor choice. I had a situation in front of me and I didn't do the right thing. How do I make mm-hmm. up for that? I've had people make the wrong choice in my face and walk away, even though say, they said that they were an ally, even though they said they had my back and supported me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've had people do the right thing and still come and decompress with me. Hey, was that a moment that like my privilege was showing? Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. And this is why I don't judge you for that. But yes, your privilege was showing. Thank you for being aware, right? Yeah. Like whatever. So like- I can only guess that the, the the studio was just like this is this is too much for us. We can't do all we can't handle. White audiences can't handle all of this, and we need to like do something to market to them. And and you know because it, it it's going to be a lot. Because I'm looking at the people. Jasnica Bravo, I'm pretty sure, is the person who did the Zola movie that was based off of that crazy tweet thread about the girl, the strippers in Orlando. I don't know if you remember that on Twitter. It was like I a big don't. Twitter phenomenon. Mm-mm. So, side note. Um, it's a ridiculous movie. If you look up the history of it, it was mm-hmm. basically like one of the first like Twitter threads to like really take off. Like it was okay. like this girl was like, just got back from this fucking road trip with this crazy ass bitch in Daytona. Like it was wild. And then like did the second tweet. Yeah. So then she did the second tweet <laughs> about her like wild ass, like party weekend that she had. She was like, I was just trying to make some quick money. And this white girl like took me all over the fucking city and it was insane. And it's like super like, it's very slangy, right? Very colloquial. Like it's very mm-hmm. like, you know, central North Florida, you know, mm-hmm. janky talk, right? Janky speak. Um, and it's like, it goes on for like, I think 20 or 30 fucking tweets, right? Like it's like a big long thread of a story about this girl's wild weekend partying with this girl. And she gets like locked in a hotel room and guns are drawn. Like it's crazy. Like it's what? it's like a roller coaster, but in a tweet thread. And it was like one of the first ones that were like a big deal. So they made yeah. a movie out of it called Zola. And Jasnica Bravo, I'm pretty sure, is the woman who wrote and directed that movie. So I was, that's part of the reason I was excited because I was like, I really enjoyed that movie. It was really wild. Um, yeah. And it was really like dead on to the tweet. So I was like, oh, cool. Right. Which is why I was like expecting a lot going into this because I was like, oh, well, it's going to be a lot like the book because she's mm-hmm. really good at that, at, at like making something new from something that is written. Right. But like, I'm looking at this and I'm just like, how did they erase all of her agency? Like Dana is a woman that is self-made. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she is a writer who takes these fucking bullshit jobs and like even the jobs, right? She's talking about how like, oh yeah, I moved here to try and be a TV writer. And like, that's fair. But like, why remove like all the other little jobs that she was doing that gave her all of the knowledge that she used when she went back in time? Because like the gig economy exists. I'm Mm -hmm. a part of it. You're a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
we take roles and jobs based on like, oh, I need some, I need a little more money this month. I'll yeah. edit your fucking physician's desk reference. I'll proofread your, you know, aerospace manual. Like that exists right now. So why remove the gig economy from that and like reduce her intellect? Yeah. Because she is not smart. I'm sorry. She is not that smart. Like she's just not. That and then, down, okay. down to taking the ride from this strange white man yes. in a fucking restaurant in 2016. In LA. Find out. 2016. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Donald Trump is running for president and white people are tripping. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to go home with this random white man in this restaurant. Literally. <laughs> what? Literally. And then the other thing where she reduces her aunt and uncle down to him being a rich man and she was his trophy wife when her aunt makes money. Uh, working as I think a nurse she busts her ass as a nurse busts her ass every time you see her aunt she's like I'm off to a double I'll work in a double shift and I'm like so this woman it's important to her to have her own money because if her uncle is rich she doesn't need to work a fucking double she Mm -hmm. works a double because she's an industrious person so I'm just like like why why do this is it because they have to set her uncle and aunt up as like shitty people to like help her understand why her mom disappeared like i i just like i just i just i, I and don't like and i'm not gonna lie black mind. people trophy wives right they do yeah like but everybody's got trophy wives <laughs> every culture has a trophy yeah. wife of some sort but why what how does it serve anyone I don't know. And it's like, are we supposed to like actively hate Dana? Because that's what's happening here. And like, the thing I don't understand is that Dana in the present day is such a dirtbag to everyone around her. And then she sees this like drowning little boy. She's like, I have to protect him and read him little books. Like, no. No. No, you don't, Dana. No. You're a terrible person. The Dana of the book is patient. She is semi-stoic. She's very Mm -hmm. thoughtful. She doesn't mm-hmm. have a whole lot to say. She doesn't trust Kevin the first or second or third time she meets him. He basically forces himself on her friend-wise because mm-hmm. he keeps sitting at her table and fucking inviting her out over and over until she finally says yes. He wears her down, right? She's mm-hmm. somebody who's studious. She cares a lot about her job. Like, she's got her nose in a fucking book at all times. Like, do mm-hmm. not fucking come at me and tell me that this woman is looking for an easy way out. Like, no, dude, no. And, like, you're telling me she bought, like... A home in Silver Lake with the money that she that she got from the brownstone, but still has a ton of money left over? Mm-hmm. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then, like, the other thing that's just, like, absolutely insane to me is, for whatever reason, Dana will not respect, in this movie, her own privilege. No. Like, she gets, like, Doesn't even look hissy. at it. Yeah. And can, and can I just say, too, like, so when Kevin's driving her home, he says, uh, well, you know, somebody told you you should live in Silver Lake, I guess. Like, he, like, mm-hmm. jokes about where she lives. Mm-hmm. So the reason that this is was, was such a sticking point for me, like, my, mm-hmm. I, like my brain exploded. Like, I foamed at the mouth. Because mm-hmm. literally four days ago, mm-hmm. I had a conversation with somebody who was like, have you thought about moving to L.A.? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to live in Silver Lake. I've yeah. heard really good things about it. It looks really cute. All the homes look really adorable. Yeah. Seems like a great place to go. Lots of queer people out there. And the person was like, okay, well, television's been lying to you. Uh, Silver Lake is not it. It's not a bad place to live. People that live in Silver Lake seem to like it. It's very, 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 very overwhelmingly white. 
Oh. And I was like, really? They were like, yeah, "Yeah, man. Like, it's very white. Um, And sure, there's queer people, but they're like Pete Buttigieg, like married with a dog with and kids queers. They're Mm -hmm. not like, you know, like leather daddy scene, like fucking (laughs) lesbians who brunch kind of. Yeah. Those people live in Hugo. That's where you want to go. You want to go to West Hollywood. You don't want to sit up in Silver Lake. Plus, it's really expensive and blah, blah, blah. It's like one of the most expensive places to live. So this person starts telling me all the reasons that I don't want to live in Silver Lake. And I'm like, okay, well, so if I did like five seconds more of my of my research, because I'm not seriously thinking about moving out there unless I have a job, right? So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a what if conversation. But this person purchases a whole ass house. A whole ass house you buy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and don't know anything about the neighborhood mm-hmm. are surprised when he makes a comment. Mm-hmm. I, like, what? What? I, <laughs> yeah. And like with Kevin, to circle back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's fine. My note says, okay, so I still hate Kevin. Arguably more because it feels like they're going to let this character off the hook for distracting Dana and co-opting her agency as a woman and as a writer like he does in the book. He's mad corny. If they flip this into he resents her because she's more successful than him, fine. But so far, I hate the change. And as we know, there's no time for that. There's no time for him to resent her. So we're just going in blind, I guess. And I'm like, cool. Cool. I just... I think I the thing I hate more than anything else is that not only in this movie is Kevin incredibly useless. Like throughout the entire thing, I wish he was not there. I mean, like so useless that it makes you wonder. Like you're just like, yeah. what? What? You're yeah, in a band. Why? Get out. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I mean, what do you know that you're in a band? fucking rad dude i'm so happy for you i'm glad you're in a fucking band and you know so much about black music and you're educating this black woman about black music because clearly she doesn't know anything about her own culture Mm -hmm. in a super fucking mansplaining white cis Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. thank Mm -hmm. you so much for that that's something i totally fucking needed in my this show about my favorite fucking book jesus christ i did not understand the entire thing about the records i was like why is this happening i was very confused i feel like it's a symbol of her throwing away her history She's like, oh, I don't know. I found them in a closet somewhere, right? Doesn't even go through them. She's like, I have no way of listening to them. As if you can't put them in fucking frames and hang them in your house as a reminder of your ancestors. I cannot tell you how many fucking albums I have in this house right now at this moment that belonged to my mom when she was younger. I've got fucking Prince's Kiss, but on, as a single. I've got Madonna singles. I've got yeah. like fucking um, La Chic albums shit i'm never gonna listen to dude i'm never gonna crack them i'm never gonna open them Mm -hmm. i have the full album of purple rain why do i need to listen to just kiss by itself on the single i don't need that but i'm not throwing it away because it's a memento of a time Mm -hmm. when my mom had an experience right she has singles Mm -hmm. because some dude ripped her off that she was dating and he had left his albums at her house and he was like can i come get my stuff and she was like i'm pretty sure you owe me some fucking money now you can't come get your stuff so like that's why i have these singles and i will keep them forever as yes it is a symbol of how badass my mom is and I will never mm-hmm. let them go because mm-hmm. like, hello, like that's amazing. Obviously. Right. But like, <laughs> but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's important. And I get it. Right. This is a person who was raised by her grandparents and her aunt and uncle largely. Right. 
because her mom died when she was young in the car crash that killed her father. So she was raised with no parents. And I don't know if they're trying to say that people who are black people who are raised with no parents have no ties to their culture. But my mother was raised with no parents and she has plenty of ties to her culture. My mom was in foster care pretty much her whole life. She lived with her grandmother for a very short amount of time and she knew her dad, but he was not capable of raising kids. Like he just Mm -hmm. wasn't, he was a vet. He had PTSD and stuff. There was no way that he could raise my mom. So she was in, she was an orphan. Like she was in foster care her entire life. She had, you know, good foster parents. She had terrible foster parents with that all included in mind. My mom is an excellent parent. Like she's a really good friend. She's a wonderful wife. She's a fantastic sister. Like my mom, you know, has her, I mean, everybody has their problems and their foibles, right? That, that, that come up from the way they were raised or the things they didn't have or neglect they've experienced or problems that they went through, right? Everybody's got Mm -hmm. a quirk or an issue, but like the way they're portraying Dana as being like so cold, like she's cold and selfish Mm -hmm. and like, like unrealistic and, and hubristic and mm-hmm. like doesn't seem to give a shit about anything but then yeah. like jumps into this understanding with this white man like it's easy like it's fine like you just trust that all i can think is that they're trying to make like her becoming more woke at the end like more of a change but i'm yes. like it shouldn't be a change no because that's not even what it's about it's not about no. her being more woke it's about her understanding how her life and the way she lives it is irrevocably changed in the face of truly mm-hmm. understanding her history. It's yes. about how a lot of black people don't understand our history and don't understand how serious it was mm-hmm. for our ancestors because there's very little writing about it because those people couldn't record their experiences, right? Yeah. History tells the sides of the winners, right? Slaves weren't winners, all right? They got a fucking short stick in a crooked lottery, right? Mm-hmm. Like by happenstance, They found themselves in a completely foreign and strange land and being mistreated just because they were a different fucking color. Like they were Mm -hmm. less than human. Like do not give people a break on understanding that because history books already do. Yeah. History books already treat it like, oh, well, you know, it was short. No, it wasn't. And it wasn't that bad. Yes, it was. And, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of people died. It was a genocide. Mm -hmm. It was a genocide number of people that died. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we still have black people today. Wonderful. But like that was because we were bred like animals to make other white people's lives easier. Like that's the reality. And like, without understanding that reality, you can't understand where we are now. And Dana Mm -hmm. has no lesson to learn. Mm -hmm. Like she has none. She's acting like all of this is new information, you know? dude. And like the whole point is like, the entire point of this book is that, as you said, understanding of, yeah, we know it's really bad, but not like, you can never understand just how bad it is until you live it. And that's right. what, you know, we're trying to, like Octavia Butler is trying to show us like, yeah, you that's know, it's bad, book. Yep. but it's so much worse. It's so know? much worse than you could ever imagine because it's easy to like, even the Holocaust, right? Even mm-hmm. other moments in history that were just awful, right? You look at Japanese internment camps, right? You look mm-hmm. at these moments in history and you're like, that was fucking terrible. I can't imagine what that's like. Mm-hmm. There's no justification that happens for Japanese internment camps. There's no justifications, right, that happen. And I'm not saying they don't exist. Obviously, there are shitheads out there that are fucking conservative that are trying to act like they both weren't a big deal. Like, that definitely exists. Not saying that people don't try to, like, downplay their pain because they absolutely do. Try to downplay the pain pain of Jewish people and of Japanese Americans. Mm -hmm. However, 
there's not like a widespread, well, you know, about those. Yeah. That's, that's okay to talk about in mixed company, right? Mm -hmm. You might be able to say that to your shitty racist neighbor, but you can't just say that in the middle of the room and people aren't going to like attack you right away. Right. Mm -hmm. With slavery, I was taught in a classroom Mm -hmm. by a teacher with a master's degree Mm -hmm. that slavery was bad, but why would you destroy an alarm clock that doesn't work? Wouldn't you instead strive to fix it? When talking about a human being, that's the level. I mean, this is a, this is a class full of 25 students, all white, except for me. And that's what was told to these kids. So like, There is a national shame that we have Mm -hmm. surrounding slavery to this day, right? But it's resulted in the subversion of the narrative. Instead Mm -hmm. of we are ashamed because it was so bad, it's we don't want to be ashamed, so we're going to minimize it, right? Yeah. And like this show should be doing everything else but that. Yeah. Like it's just not that hard. It's not. And then the visions start earlier. Like Mm -hmm. he... Kevin sends her some bullshit text message. Oh, I give other kinds of rides too. I'm like, is this motherfucker asking her about a mustache ride at fucking one o'clock in the morning, the first night he fucking meets her? Because I swear to God. Like, I swear to God. 1000%. And he's like, no text too much? Yes. What? That's not what What? I meant. I realized how it sounded. I'm like, fuck you. What other kind of rides do you give, bitch? Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. she's in her room. She wakes up. She hears a baby crying. I'm like, what's going on? What's happening, man? What's happening? Yeah. What, 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 what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is there a baby? Yes. And she goes over to a bassinet that's mysteriously in her room. And, and it's, it's mysteriously still, modern. It's still her room. Uh-huh. That's why. It's a bassinet oh. that's modern, that's in her room. And she goes over to the bassinet and puts the baby on its back and looks into the hallway and in the hallway of her house, but mm-hmm. also not her house, yeah. which I'm like, why is she seeing visions? That's not a thing in the book. Yeah. It's like a brief like blip and then she's there. It's mm-hmm. pain first and then the blip. And then she mm-hmm. opens her eyes and she's wherever she is. It's not, oh, I see an aura effect and I can see things that aren't there. Like, that's not what happens. Yeah. Rufus can see her in that way, but she mm-hmm. can't see him in that way. Yeah. So she's in the hallway She looks across, she sees who it's clear that is Margaret Whalen and a black woman shushes her, covers her mouth with her hand and goes, your husband's going to come if you don't shut up right now. Talks to her like that. I know. And this woman is like, okay. I know. What? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. The way that it, like, still, like, okay, we all know that enslaved people were not allowed to really talk, have any conversation, like, and the way that they're, like, portraying, like, they can say, like, this group of people can say whatever they want, when that is just so not the case, like, they're really downplaying slavery in a book about how terrible slavery was, and I'm like, what? What? I just yes. no words, no words, like none. Oh, Not a single word. episode two. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna circle back to this in episode two. Yeah, because I yeah. have thoughts about the interaction with Kevin, and I think that 
was Thomas that he was talking to? Yeah, Tom Whalen. Yep. Same. No, not Lots Tom Whalen. Things to say. Kevin the doctor. And, um, no, the doctor. Nigel's dad's name. Oh, Luke. Luke. Yes. I also have feelings about okay. that. Well, we will touch <laughs> back on this with that. But oh my god, yeah, I don't like, understand. I don't understand. Like, so then she's like, I have, a, I had a dream about my mother, mm-hmm. and I'm like what same <laughs> what are you talking about same. you had a dream about your mother so the black lady is your mother like are you seeing her visage like what so at first i didn't understand what they were trying to say and as it kind of went on i was like no please no, no. please don't yeah don't please don't please don't no mm-hmm. please mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. i'm not gonna jump the gun because i know we haven't gotten there yet in our recap but yep. I have a lot of feelings about it. Me too. Me mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Okay. To go in chronological order, um, we're going to get some other little tasty tidbits here. Um, she goes on this second date with Kevin, spends multiple thousands of dollars yep. on home stuff. First of all, why does she not have anything? She moved an entire home in the brownstones. I don't understand. The entire home. And she got rid of everything, but somehow brought these records with her. I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't like, understand. Okay, if the, rec- you wanna, the records like, and the gun. Don't forget the gun. Yeah. If you want to be like, okay, our my stuff is still moving. Because yep. you're telling me this girl got rid of everything from her family, including yep. her parents that died. And her grandmother that raised her, this girl got rid of everything of sentimental value. Yep. In a world where black people literally have nothing to hand down to their children because generational wealth is a problem in that community. Like, yeah, black people were released out of slavery with absolutely nothing. So all they had to pass down generation to generation were things that they that they specifically made or mm-hmm. that they were able to kind of take from their master or their their owner. It, depending on whether or not that person was feeling generous like they had nothing so mm-hmm. generational wealth we're like when you consider how old this country is and when slavery was finally abolished right and when black people finally mm-hmm. like had rights so like white people couldn't just like roll up on them and like burn across in their lawn and burn down their entire house with all of their stuff and they've worked their entire lives for and then had to start all over again like black wall street in tulsa right when you consider the hundreds of years it took for black people to like stand on their own two feet like it's a it's a miracle that we are where we are right now number one and number two Mm -hmm. this girl has no appreciation for that like august wilson has a beautiful play called the piano that's literally mm-hmm. about like the generational wealth that gets passed down in a family. Like it's about a family, but it's specifically mm-hmm. about a piano and all of the memories that this piano kind of holds in it. There's beautiful carvings mm-hmm. about like escaping from slavery and stuff, right? It's a, it's a gorgeous play, really great movie as well. They made like a TV version of it or whatever that was mm-hmm. really beautiful. But like, it's all about how black people haven't had enough to pass down and how younger generations need to understand where they come from. And like with the amount of, this is the thing too, because she's only supposed to be 26, which is firmly, feet firmly planted in Gen mm-hmm. Z. I'm like, how insulting is it to black mm-hmm. women who are in Gen Z that they have no understanding of like generational wealth? They have no understanding of their roots and their history at a time yeah. when Gen Z is like record highs of activism. Literally. I just like, what? <laughs> Again, I have to say this like as, you know, one foot in Gen Z, but I am obviously a white woman with privilege. 
I hate every time they put a Gen Z character in a movie because it's always like this. It's always like, oh, we don't understand. We don't, you know, care about the world around us. And I'm like, I don't know who you're talking to. I don't no. know. Like you, it's, oh, infuriating. Like Gen Z so gives so much. many fucks. You guys give so, so many fucks. Like y'all are trying to be real. And like, yeah. are some of you out there fucking like still using Pepe the Frog? Yes. Right? Yeah. For sure. There are still some Gen Z that are like, it's just a joke. It's not really racist. There's some Gen Z out there calling gays fruits again that are themselves gay. Like fruit is a term now that Gen Z apparently uses for gay people. I'm like, y'all don't understand. Fruit was bad for a long time. Queers in my age group, not a fan of fruit. It's not going over well for elder millennials or middle millennials. Okay. It's not what we're into. Like (laughs) it's rough. Okay. I'm not a fan. Um, Mm -hmm. However, comma. More of them are giving a lot of fucks, right? Like most give a lot of fucks right now. And it's hard to give a lot of fucks. I get it, right? I understand Mm -hmm. because it's hard for me giving a lot of fucks and I am not a fucking Gen Z, right? It's hard. But like Mm -hmm. they still give the fucks. So have that represented here. Yeah. I I don't understand. Like, so I don't know if you know who X-ray specs are. Mm-mm. okay so kevin is let's see kevin they say it's 2016 mm-hmm. kevin's 34 so kevin is my age okay because i was 34 in 2016 i think no oh dana wouldn't be gen z then she's too old well she's too- 26 in 2016 because 26 right now also, is Gen also, Z. Also, that's true. That's true. So yeah. she's, she's, she's young millennial. Mm-hmm. Never mind then. Erase all of that Gen Z talk. Still praising Gen Z because awesome. But 2016. Yeah. That was six years ago. So oh Kevin. Yeah. Kevin is two years older than me. Mm-hmm. So right now Kevin would be 40. And. I have to tell you. I, I take the utmost offense mm-hmm. that this woman doesn't know anything about the funk albums that she put out on the curb, but she also doesn't know who X-Ray Specs are. Mm-hmm. I'm like, pick one. Do you not listen to any music or do you like country? Like, what is it that you're on? Because X-Ray Specs, and this is what I'm saying too about like the Easter eggs. It's clear that somebody took care mm-hmm. to like really think about this character because that's the shirt that Kevin is wearing yes. in, on the date. Mm-hmm. it's a t-shirt it says x-ray specs in red lettering it's their logo and then it has a bunch of people sitting in a movie theater with like 3d glasses on mm-hmm. x-ray specs is a band from mm-hmm. i believe the late 70s early 80s that was a major punk rock band uh mm-hmm. woman fronted the mm-hmm. leader the lead singer of x-ray specs her name was polly styrene right mm-hmm. polly styrene as the last name obviously it sounds familiar name. but i don't know yeah so okay. polystyrene mm-hmm. was one of the like i mean if you know anything about punk rock you know that polystyrene was a there was a biracial black woman mm-hmm. who was the lead singer of x-ray specs 
And it was revolutionary because it was like a reclamation, like back when like, you know, Bad Brains is another example, right? The reclamation of punk rock for black people, right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of black punk rock bands now, but for a while, like it was kind of hazy, right? There weren't so many of them. So Polly Styron was a big deal, not just because like, again, she's like also like the patron saint of like the riot girl movement that popped up in the 90s that was like a th third wave of feminism, right? Like she's a big deal in the black community, but she's mm -hmm. also a big deal in like the feminist community. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, so he knows, he knows X-ray specs. He knows polystyrene. He's aware. Mm -hmm. He's wearing the shirt because he's mm -hmm. a woke dude. Obviously he's like a woke, cool white guy, man. <sighs> and I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I am going to explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I am going to just immolate. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 yeah, I just like, and then they then they then they bond over the loss of family. They're sitting after they buy that seven thousand dollar mattress, which like sure, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And like, then she's like, "Oh, do I need to pay you?" And he goes, "You pay me in your trauma stories." I'm like, "What, sir? What did you just say?" Low key black, low key fucking profiting off of black trauma. Okay, all right, mm. all right. Well, mm. I'm glad I know where this show's priorities are. Um, so I. They're sitting on top of his fucking station wagon and they're talking. They're looking out over L.A. They bond over a lack of family. And I'm like, Kevin has a racist sister. He's like, yes. I'm an orphan. And I was waiting. You're an orphan. We're I was an orphan's club. I'm like, yeah. What about your racist sister, though? That's important. Yeah. You should absolutely talk about a racist sister in 2016. I know something about somebody's racist sister in 2016. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know something about that experience. I had that experience in 2016, thank you, where my sister-in-law said something that was not awesome. Like, that's the yeah. perfect time to discuss it. And they yeah. just gloss right over it. Nope, no family. Anyway, um, yeah, like they better come back around to the racist sister, I swear to fucking God. She better be a Trump don't. supporter or, I, or I'm going to throw up my hands. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm trying to figure out who this movie's for. Because same. I same. It's not for fans of the book. No. No. <laughs> because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they made this movie for because there's a 50% chance they made this movie for racist white people. Okay. Right, to, to try and see if they can divulge. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how we're gonna know is if they either A mention the sister but don't mention that the sister's definitely one definitely 1000 a trump supporter or if they make the sister like uber racist in a weird way mm, you know mm -hmm. how like when they overly compensate so they just yeah. like they like casually slay slurs just in a grocery store yeah you know which is like if you if you've ever had a racist family member they're quiet about it because they know they're yeah. racist and yeah, they and they know it that it's not acceptable. Stores. Exactly. Yep. So in the movies, a lot of times what they try and do is they're like, oh, just make them like overly racist in a way that like nobody will identify that they are in fact racist because they're like, oh, I don't do that in a grocery store. Like, I don't, I don't know. I can't figure out how they're going to do this or if they're just not going to do it all and they're just going to gloss over everything. Yeah, I, I'm very, <laughs> I'm stressed out. <laughs> I'm I'm very yeah um yeah yeah 
Okay. In the next part, let's talk really quickly about the rich people's cat. So one one last thing that just occurred to me. Yes. And I just don't want to like move on. No, you're fine. Just Go yet because I'm afraid I'm gonna. I'm afraid I'm gonna forget it. So one last thing. Mm-hmm. There's a scene that says now, right? Like in the big letters from, you know, uh, Captain America or whatever, like the big giant letters where it's like present day. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also it's 2016. Why would you say now if it's not now? I thought now meant 2022 and then they reveal that it's 2016 and I'm like, was this made a long time ago and it's just been sitting on a shelf? Like, I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know why, because they've also just made it present day, but they've, as he said, with 2016 they've again dated this yes because if you made it modern day post rona post trump pro post all of this like that's a great time to have this conversation and bring it back up a lot has happened that you can once again because again being in an interrelationship post these types of things you're bringing back a lot of this conversation making it pre and putting this in 2016 like you have a lot of this again like shadowed racism you know like with kona kona corona (laughs) and with trump people lost their filter it's a lot more commonplace again to have just people like blatant obvious and everything and i just there was a breakdown in society yeah Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I'm so confused. I'm... I'm yes, yes. The only way they can get away with this in my head is if, as you said, it was shelved for a while and they recorded it in 2016. But I still don't think that happened. So you're right. Um, yeah. I have uh, a, a my my production manager has mm-hmm. messaged me um, and let me know that it was recorded in 2021. So no, what? <laughs> so no. No, they chose to set it specifically in 2016. All right, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Basically, I'm like, so, so, the, all right. Mm. They go back to her house. Oh. And she's like walking through her home. Oh, after Kevin's they have a in the weird other kiss. Room. Yes, after their weird ass kiss that was not romantic. <laughs> they have no chemistry and they're just they making out chemistry. and having sex. You know who he reminds me of? He's like a shitty Brendan Fraser. That's the vibe that the actor for Kevin gives me. Like, mm-hmm. if this were 1997, it would be Brendan Fraser, and he would be way more likable and adorable and fantastic because he is, right? Um, but this dude gives me, like, Brendan Fraser vibes. And, like, but not in, like, a cool way, in, like, a dumb way. And, like, I, I hate feeling like that because I, I wanted to... I mean, let's let's be real. I was looking forward to hating Kevin, but for different reasons. Yes. Okay, not for these reasons. Um. So I hate the way that they change how she experiences things. Yeah. Okay. Like she is in her home. She turns around, right? Like he calls her princess. She has like a fucking like. Wait, the cat is pre her getting called princess. Right. Right. So let's talk about the cat. I'm sorry. I'm getting Uh, it's no, it's fine. I'm just trying to be as chronological as humanly possible, but it's not going very well. So like, oh, I thought she finds the cat after she gets called princess because they have she tells him to leave. I thought. No, that these are two back to back instances. 
Cat. So they have sex. She gets a glass of water. Oh, Cat. Yeah, he yeah, finds yeah. her. He goes, yes. oh my God. And then he sits her down and he's like, princess. And she's like, get the fuck out of my house right now. Right. So yeah. she goes, that's that's when she goes back and has the incident where he, where Rufus is drowning. Mm-hmm. That's Cat and drowning. Yes. Right. So, so she, she gets up, she goes to have a glass of water. I think like everything weird kind of happens to her. Like while she's standing, like I think in her kitchen or something, she's yeah. always like, what the fuck? And like, she starts seeing a stream. Mm-hmm. like a river and fucking mm-hmm. rocks and trees and i'm like what is happening right now and she just finally like goes ooh, and she's like back in time and i'm like why change how arms. she experiences things yeah. like why change how she experiences things like in the book it is a brutal transition from mm-hmm. our time from her time to the past it's sharp yes. it's sudden it hurts right it's painful the reason for that is because it's a symbol of how much this is taking from her Mm-hmm. right like pain is 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 time pain mm-hmm. is really time right time that you could be spending doing something productive but instead you're like ow fuck this hurts right like mm-hmm. pain leaves an indelible mark on you on your mm-hmm. body right like people who are chronic pain sufferers like that's a way of life for them right so when this woman just experiences pain out of nowhere and she knows she's going back in time part of that symbolism is she's not just experiencing the pain when she gets there because it's an inherently painful time She's mm-hmm. also experiencing pain on the way there. That much mm-hmm. of herself is being sacrificed for this shitty boy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that matters. Mm-hmm. And instead of that, they're just like, oh, shrug. She sees some visions and then all of a sudden she's back in time. Like what? Like yeah. something is taken from her every time she travels back in time. And that's important. They're acting like you she's know? getting period cramps. Yes. Too. She like doubles over. She's like, ah. Uh. <laughs> like no. light all commercial period cramps. Yeah. Not even like the serious ones. Yeah. So, and then, so then she's like- I just, I just, and then the worst part too is it also gives her time because one, she's supposed to be this empathetic person. It would give her time to be like, oh, don't touch anything, release everything. Let me grab my bag really quick. Let me yep. also take my shoes on. Like she has yep. time. She has about ten seconds. Yeah. Whereas it's supposed to be sudden, immediate. If you were on the floor, you're still on the floor. You know. Yep. And yep. you have no time to move or change anything. It just happens to you. Yeah. And because I again, it's about it. removing agency too. Like, yeah. yeah, she's still in the show. She's still forced to go. But mm-hmm. with that announcement of, well, it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Like you said, she can get prepared. She can crawl to the other room. Like all she's got are these signifiers of pain. And that matters even more because those mm-hmm. pains keep her from being able to crawl to the other room. They keep her from being able to like grab her bag. She has to do that through this pain it is an active effort for Mm -hmm. her to like claw her way to like what she needs right Mm -hmm. like it's desperation and -hmm. like removing that just cheapens the entire experience for me and then like she's back in time she sees the boy in the water she pulls him out of the river right she's not particularly nice to him no like a drowning child like she's like hello are you all right (laughs) like very like smack smack like wake up like you know and then margaret comes up doesn't attack her yeah chilling just screams like she's losing her mind like she's like she's you know she's she's just like you know hysterical but mm-hmm. she's not attacking dana doesn't call her the n-word mm-hmm. tom doesn't call her the n-word he just points the barrel of the gun at her and she's like no and she goes back right which yes that's what happens in the book mm-hmm. but part of the reason dana knows something is up is a the way they're dressed and b the way they talk to her mm-hmm She's like, what the fuck just, where the fuck was I? That's how she starts piecing things together. Because she's like, that was a different thing. I don't know. That's not, 
that's not just a different place. It's a different time. And they're already poisoning the well too, because this isn't the first time that she goes back in time now. Now she's seen that lady before with the baby, which mm -hmm. I'm like, why introduce a scene before that? Like she's supposed know. to have that bewilderment intact when she comes home. Yeah. So, so like she, like she, she pops back in to reality. Mm -hmm. And there's gravity. She, <laughs> she's like, she's like, what the fuck just happened? She's confused. Her man runs in. Dana, what happened to you? Wow. Like, the man she's got one date with, okay? Listen. So, oh no, he's still in bed. This is what I'm saying. They fucked this all up, dude. I know. So she she she, she blips back into reality. She's like, oh my God, what the fuck just happened? She's this screaming against she's a screaming. wall. Yeah, against she the has, wall. She has no cat. No cat. <laughs> and no then she cat. Goes, like, so then the guy comes in and he's like, oh, are you all right? Is everything okay? Calm down. Hey, baby, it's everything. Everything's going to be fine. Sits her down in the bed, rubs her back, tries to like be sweet to her or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then she's like, he's like trying to comfort her. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, so then this brand new ass relationship, right? Mm -hmm. With a white man, mm -hmm. this brand new relationship is just going to last through them being like transported back to antebellum America. This brand new relationship with this white man is going to flourish mm -hmm. in within this trauma. You're telling I'm me telling that this girl's going to fall in love with a white man during yeah. this time? Yeah. Not okay. struggle to stay in love with a white man during this uh -huh, time, which uh -huh. is what the book is fucking saying. Like, what? 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 You're telling me you go on a first date with someone you met on Tinder. You guys sleep together. And you see that person screaming bloody murder at a wall. You're going to you stay? Absolutely stay. not. Absolutely not. I'd be like, you have a like, great day. Person. And can I just say, I'm can I just go. say to you, as someone who has been in a lot of interracial relationships, I've done a lot of interracial dating, right? Just a product mm -hmm. of where I'm from and the availability of suitors and paramours. Lots mm -hmm. of interracial dating, right? Tons. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you this right now. I can, if I had a dollar for every time somebody rejected me because they just didn't see themselves as a black girl. Oh. If I had a dollar for every time someone asked me, do you date white guys? If I had a dollar for every time someone was like, what is that you're putting on? Cause I have a bonnet before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. If I could tell you the number of times someone went, Oh, you're going to get real dark then, huh? If you go out in the sun and you go on, you get a tan, you're not going to be like that color you are now. You're going to get like real dark. Like, I can't tell you how problematic it is to date yep. interracially sometimes, especially as a woman-shaped person. Like, people think they can say whatever the fuck they want to you, and it's not great, right? Mm -hmm. So even if he's the wokest woke, right? Even if he's the wokest motherfucker in the world, mm -hmm. just no, okay? No. Yeah, no. No. He's no. going to have really stupid fucking questions. Like, my current partner that I live with, right? He is a white cis man. Mm-hmm. He has dated several black women before me. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of learning curve and conversation I did not have to have with him when we yeah. first started getting serious. If this show were about me going back into antebellum times with mm -hmm. Jason, right? Mm -hmm. um, like the first week we started dating, mm -hmm. he is a fantastic person. And even then I'd be like, yeah. This relationship is flourishing in this time. Like, mm -mm. no, even the no. best, even the best white man no. would be very hard pressed. 
to go through this Mm-mm. experience with Mm-mm. the woman he just met. And I don't know any black woman that would be like, you know what I want? This strange white man to come back with yeah. his fucking, you know, granted, is he a shield for her? Which would I have seen him as a shield? Yes. But I wouldn't be like, you know, what's going to be smart is using this person as a shield and being yeah. a fucking selfish bitch and making sure that his life, he's all fucked up too. In addition yeah. to me being fucked up. Like, no, dude. No, no, no. So then the neighbors come. Yeah. And I'm like, why are there so many white people in the show? I <laughs> know. <so> like, <laughs> there's so many. I was like, did they like, who are these people? So my first problem mm-hmm. is that they're like knocking at the door, right? Being like real fucking nosy. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the woman is distrustful of this white man in the house, right? It yeah. feels like the woman's like, can I see your partner? Where is she? I would like to look at her, please. I need to make sure she's safe. I'm like, okay, listen, as somebody who went through a domestic violence experience in college, mm-hmm. everybody was home. Every single person was home. Nobody knocked at my door until after it was over. Yeah. Nobody came for me, man. And like, that is something that a lot of abuse victims encounter because people want to mind their business. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get involved in other people's drama. I once saw a man drag a woman by her hair in a parking lot in the middle of the day because it was playoff season and he was hammered. And people were just standing there watching it. No one was on their phone. I was in my car. I immediately called the police because I was like, absolutely not. I can't yeah. take him on. He was gigantic. Like there was no way I was physically going to be able to get involved without hurting myself. But yeah. I immediately called the cops. And I'm not someone who's like, oh, the cops are all good. I don't believe all cops are good. But like that was a situation that required somebody far more heavy handed than me. And none of the fucking dudes that were in that bar were doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. People are apathetic. There are numerous reports of people on Facebook watching someone get raped in an alley that do nothing. They film it and they go, how fucked up is this thing I saw today? Like people do not get involved for each other's well-being, Mm -hmm. especially not a new black woman that is in this all white neighborhood. I'm sorry. If they Mm-mm. came over because they were annoyed that this new black neighbor was making so much noise and they like wanted to get to know them better so that they could, quote, you know, be a little bit more like, quote unquote, understanding in future. Or if they wanted to come over and like peek around her house and be suspicious. Cool. I would buy that. But like them coming over because they have such a strong sense of duty and dignity and mm-hmm. the well-being woman. No. And then they bring up the cat. I'm like, OK, cool. Like y'all lost your cat. I get it. You know, you have a problem with that. That's good. Um you should look for your cat, right? But they're looking at him like he's a monster. Yeah. Like, I don't... like he's the bad guy. And I'm like, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I'm sorry. I, know. I don't buy that. There's a lot He doesn't of... look hardcore or scary no. enough for a them to be like of disbelief he's in here. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, come on. And then the whole interaction of him being like, they know where I live now. You freely gave that information. If someone like, shows I, I up just... on my door and they're like, who are you? I'd be like, mind your fucking business and get yeah, out of my get house. Get away from my doorstep. Yeah. Leave, please. Yeah. What? I'm fine. Thank you. I'll be quiet in the future. If you have a problem, call the cops. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Like, so then he's like sitting on the bed with her he's trying to calm her down he's like it's okay baby i don't care like you know things are gonna be all right it's it's gonna be good don't worry like rubs her back it's okay prince my little princess why are you calling me that so she has that fight with her aunt before she goes to buy the 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 mattress Mm -hmm. right her and her aunt have it out 
her aunt like basically is like, listen, like your mom and dad left you with nothing. Like I've always cared about you. The reason that you got the house is because I signed on for that. I already have everything I need. I don't need all of that, which like was fucked up to realize that like, cause in the book, I always thought her uncle was her, was her, was her blood relative, not mm-hmm. her aunt. Her yeah. aunt is her father's sister in this, in this show. Okay. Which I was like, so why does the uncle care so much about how she uses her money? Like, okay. Also care? quick aside about the uncle that I already forgot. Yeah. He- upset me that the uncle is a retired cop agree 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 i'm like a retired cop who is black and rich yeah and i'm like in the era of a cab you're telling me right now sure that this this man is a retired rich black cop in new york okay mind you okay my uncle is a retired cop in mm-hmm. New Jersey. And mm-hmm. while he does have land and he does have a car, he does not have car payments on. He is far from rich. He is yeah. not a wealthy person that's going to like take me to like a 17 star restaurant to yell at me about how I use my money. Okay. Like yeah. that's not happening. Where did this man <laughs> get all of his money from? I need to know. I need to know, especially because apparently there was money in the wife's family. Mm-hmm. If she got the brownstone, if the brownstone could have been passed to her because mm-hmm. she was the next logical person to get it. So she calls her princess. The yeah. aunt calls Dana princess. Like, look at you, little princess. Right? And Dana, like, blows up at her, freaks out. So then when Kevin calls her princess, she's like, nope, get out of my fucking house. Which I'm like, I mean, I hear you. But at the same time, if two different people are calling you princess in one day, maybe you need to do some self-fucking reflection. Like, facts. I, the only black girls I know that are called princess are called princess because that's their name. Yeah. That's it. That That's it. I've, I've never heard princess. someone... I've never heard somebody refer to someone else as princess. Other than Link. (laughs) Link Okay, I've heard it twice. Like, I've heard parents call their daughters princess. Like, dads usually call their daughters princess. Yep. And I've heard passenger princess. That's it. Any other I've also heard pillow princess, but that's also, you know, that's different. Yeah. (laughs) Listen. Out of those contexts... If anybody called me princess, it's on site. Yeah. Like, this random white man that you're telling me is the wokest white man in LA, apparently, calls this woman princess? No. No. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. No. No. And then he's like, well, you're rich or whatever. You buy all this stuff for yourself. And, like, you're really, you know, you do whatever you want. And she's like, no. Fuck off. Leave me alone. Get the fuck out of here. And, like, dismisses him. Yes. But then has her moment. Has her fugue state. And like, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. With 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 no no hint of 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 irony or or, or, or being, you know, I'm not okay. trying to be smart with it, okay? It's okay. a genuine question. Uh-huh. In a world where home alone exists. Mm-hmm. Why would you have someone screaming, Kevin, all the time? Why would you do that to your movie or yeah. your show? It just doesn't. That would be like if I were if I were making a dramatic scene in like, I don't know, a clockwork orange. And it was like a really serious like TV show version. And I just for some reason had the main droog Alex go smoking for no reason at all. Like that was his catchphrase that he did every time that he like busted into somebody's house to like wreck shop and rob them. Right. Like that would be 
ridiculous. That would be mm-hmm. so stupid. Like it's a pop culture staple. Everyone understands smoking is from the mask, right? Everyone understands Kevin is from Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you do that? That's all I'm seeing every time she screams it. I'm just like, you should have done something else, man. Have her scream just in general. Yeah. We wouldn't even, she wouldn't even need to scream Kevin if she was in pain when she left because she'd just scream and then she'd be there. Right? Like, I just, I don't understand. It's dumb that it's a new relationship. They're having Mm -hmm. this like basic ass argument when she fucking vanishes and he sees her vanish and he's like, what the fuck? And he's like all disturbed. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. If somebody just vanished in front of my eyes while I was in their house, I would not stay because I would assume that I too will vanish momentarily because it's probably the fucking house. I'm not assuming she's a time traveler from the fucking past. You saw him grab his shoes in the second episode. Right. He grabs his shoes and he like, he goes and gets his keys. Like, gotta get the fuck out of here. Right. That is the one thing I agree with. That's the one thing I agree with. Right. So then like we flash into the scene. The room is burning. I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. We're back in the book. We're back in the book. We're good. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Mm -hmm. again, I'm still rooting for the show at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm back in the driver's seat. I'm like, great. We're in the book. This is awesome. Here we are. Drapes are on fire. This is perfect. I'm like, this seems like a lot of fire, though. Like, this seems like way more fire than in the book. This seems like a fire that's, like, burning out of control. This is like a rage. How is she putting this out? She picks this child up. The whole house is now awake. And she runs him outside. And I'm like, time. Time the fuck out. Yeah. Time out. What are you saying right now? What are you talking about right now? What is happening? Why is she removing him from his room? Mm -hmm. There's an entire conversation that happens with Rufus when she fucking puts the fire out that gives her all of the information that she needs to know about where and when she is. Why eliminate that? Why remove that? Why have the whole house wake up? Well, to what end? Yeah. Like to what end? She puts the fire out real quick. She sits down with Rufus. They have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? She's there. She's stroking his hair. She's like, hey, you know, you should be better. And he's like, well, you know, I never heard, you know, a nigger that talks like you. And she's like, hold on a second. Yeah. Can't be saying that, buddy. Well, why not? I call all the slaves that. What? What time is it? When are we? And he's like, oh, it's it's 1816 or whatever year. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she like sits with that for a second. And then starts talking to him about his plantation, about his life, about the, you know, about all the, all the shit that's going on with him. And he downloads her on like where the fuck they are. That's when he tells her about Alice Mm -hmm. and the little house. He's like, you know what? You better get out of here because my dad is going to fucking go nuts if he catches you because you're not. He's like, I thought you were a man. I keep seeing you. You know, my daddy thinks you're a man and you've got to go and whatever. And he warns her and tells her, why don't you go ahead and skedaddle? If you go through the woods, you'll eventually get to the Greenwoods farm. They are um, a free family, uh, the mom and the daughter, Mm -hmm. and you can find them. And she hears Alice Greenwood and goes, wait a minute, Alice Greenwood? Why does that name sound familiar? This version of Dana knows nothing about her family tree. Nothing about her history. So I'm sitting here watching it going, how how is this going to work? Yeah. What is, how, what? (laughs) Like, I'm sitting here like, what? how are we connecting the dots here? So then she like leaves the house. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing Tom Wayland, right? He sounds way meaner than he does in the book. Tom Wayland, the book is just like, he's, he's not a nice man, but he's very like, he's just over it. Like he, he has a lack of patience. 
because the wife also, that he really loved died. He's hot. And his son which is upsets an idiot. Me. Yo, Tom Whalen is super hot. Did you notice who he is? The actor? Fucking no. Jason Stackhouse from True Blood? I haven't seen True Blood. Okay. Well, first of all, that's surprises me. And second of all, <laughs> I've been told to watch it. I just never have. But this man is fine, like a fine wine. Yeah, yeah and it upsets me. It's really upsetting. We're supposed like, to hate like, him, and he's so right. hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's way too hot. Um, like Rufus, the actor who plays Rufus is terrible. I don't know why they've done this to us. He's yeah. not good. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, then she's like running blindly through this forest. She doesn't know where she's going. She's just running away. Yeah. And I'm like, this is dumb. Why is she just running away? Like anybody could find her. Like the worst part is, is if you've read the book, you know that she has to like skulk around because she knows that it's antebellum South. And she's like, I can't just like walk upright. I have to fucking hunch like a fucking mm-hmm. animal because if somebody sees me, they're going to fucking brutalize the fuck out of me and bring me back to whatever plantation they think yeah. I'm from. Right. Plus- like, it's dangerous yeah plus they said oh go to hagar's house so hagar already exists listen listen oh rachel Rachel. yeah they just destroyed it i don't understand (laughs) rachel it was like someone who was like here's a here's a pinata Mm -hmm. shaped like this book kindred Mm -hmm. and smash yeah (laughs) and instead of candy that comes out it's just question marks like what the fuck and then like she's talking to this man and i'm like i swear to god he better not say his name is nigel he doesn't say his name is anything so i was like okay well he could still be luke then and then luke gives her this information right that like she needs to be careful and that she needs to go left and then right and then left and gives her very practical practical directions which like that doesn't make any sense at all um i don't understand why hagar already has a house uh already has a farm they say olivia is taking care of her and i immediately was like is she a slave because i don't remember a character named olivia and i certainly don't remember olivia caring for alice i'm like why would olivia need to care i mean olivia caring for uh for for uh, alice's mom whose name escapes me right now but like i remember just being like at like the second i heard it i was like is she a freed woman? Because I don't know anybody who could choose to live near a freed slave, right? A free person mm-hmm. and care for them. That's also a slave, right? So I'm already yeah. like confused. I'm like, what's going on? I don't understand, right? That's curious. There's no mistaking her for a man like there is in the book. That conversation yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. And I get it. She's in a bathrobe, but that's part of my beef with it too is like, why is she in a fucking bathrobe? She wasn't in a bathrobe in the book. She's always in pants, right? Like, yeah, it, it makes her more vulnerable. So then she's like running, right? Mm-hmm. She's trying to like get to this house. She walks inside. Like before she gets to the house, she meets a quote unquote kindly white man on a horse. Only one of them. Which in the book, we know that when she gets to the Greenwoods farm, Mm -hmm. the husband, the father of Alice Greenwood, is not free. Mm -hmm. And there's that whole scene that plays out where that raiding party of like four or five white men Mm -hmm. gets to their farm and threatens the entire family. They pull them out of bed because she gets to the house first. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, you can't stay here. You can't be in here. You got to go. And then then those white guys come and fucking like rip everybody out of the home. And they beat the hell out of the husband and I think kill him in front of his family. No. They s- 
that is uh, they don't kill him i'm pretty sure they sell him because they bring him back to the farm they beat him well i know they i know they brutalize him while he's naked that part i remember yeah Yeah. and i'm pretty sure they sell him right because they sell him away from his family yeah yeah so like they beat the shit out of him Mm -hmm. and then they turn to beat the shit out of dana because they think dana is a man Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, here's a fucking another one. And that's how she gets sent back in time, mm-hmm. right? How she gets sent back to the, to her regular time. But here, instead, she meets this white man who obviously is being real creepy, mm-hmm. right? Is obviously kind of, you know, being like just too nice, but then immediately is not nice anymore. Yeah. And I'm like watching this narrative, like what is happening here? So then she gets to the, she gets to the house, mm-hmm. gets to the fucking Greenwood farm opens the door and her mother is inside yeah and like she's talking to her mother like she doesn't know it's her mother but her mother's talking to her like she knows it's her and everybody Uh already knows dana's name and i'm like why do people know dana's name in this time already like i know this doesn't make any fucking sense and i'm like okay so is it because her mom failed that she now is going back in time is her mom supposed to be the original dana like what is happening in this book right now like (laughs) Like, i don't understand like why make these changes well then it's like is this a curse that's been passed down through your family like did your grandmother experience this? like why is it starting at your mom and then happening to you like like i need to know especially because the aunt suggested that mental illness might run in their family and i'm like okay to what degree yeah because but because her aunt only knows her mom because her dad because her brother fell in love with this person it's not like her aunt knows her mom like i think her mom went her mom and her aunt went to like college together and that's how she met yeah her her future husband right but like even that that's not it doesn't make any fucking sense Mm -hmm. and then like she's talking to her mom about like the car accident that killed her father and i immediately went okay so that's how they're going to try to incorporate moments that we don't get for dana and kevin because one of the arguments that dana and kevin have is kevin's like no we've got to leave come on we've got to go and dana's like if i'm driving a car like and i vanish like the car will crash or if Mm -hmm. i come back to the car when i blip back i could just be in the road if i if i come back to the same place that i vanished like Mm -hmm. i don't know how this works yet i'll just be in the middle of the road and someone will hit me like i can't be in a car when i vanish right so then like that's the story of the mom the mom is behind the wheel Mm -hmm. and the dad is in the passenger seat she vanishes the car crashes her body's never recovered right so i was like okay fine like they didn't say that in this episode they reveal that in the next episode but like Mm -hmm. i immediately connected the dots because obviously i love this book yeah and i was like so is this what they're gonna do they're just gonna like jam little bits and pieces in wherever they can and just shoehorn it in so that like they're like crossing their t's and dotting their i's like i guess and then they'd like prefer to have a scene instead of the brutalization of a black man that's based on historical facts. And then the brutalization of a black woman who they think is a black man because she has short hair and because she's wearing pants. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of that, they felt that it was better to have one white man seemingly succeed at raping her. Why yes. is there a rape scene in this show? There's no rape in the book. I know. And I mean, if there, there, there is, there is rape that's discussed in the book. They tell mm-hmm. you that that happens to people. And it but gets for close. Dana, she is right, but Dana's never raped in the book. So why? And like the way that the way that it happened too. They're like showing her face, and she's terrified. And you hear the man like undo his pants, and you hear him make like a grunt as if he's inserting himself. Yeah. And I'm like, so is he actively raping her right now? Is that what I'm looking at? I why is this fucking necessary? I don't know. And it's like the thing that's strange to me is they 
like downplay some things and like turn up the volume to a thousand on random other things. Like what? I don't understand. I get it. They're trying to say, oh, white people felt that they had fucking, you know, authority over every black person, even the ones that were free. I understand. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's not how you fucking do it, dude. And then to show it, not just have her be like someone almost got me out there. Like to show it like, no. And then like, so, so we get to the end of the show. She blips back, whatever. Like the guy, I think punches her in the face and she blips back with that, with that violence. Cause like Nigel like hits the guy and she's afraid she's about to die. So she like vanishes. Yeah. But like, not Nigel, Luke, sorry. Mm-hmm. I feel like what this show is doing, it feels like this show is trying to continue in the, in the vein of like a Jordan Peele movie or a Lena Waithe movie, right? Where it's like black horror, mm-hmm. like them or us or um, Get Out or mm-hmm. uh, Bad Hair or one of these movies that's come out recently that's about black horror and black trauma, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like what they're trying to do is make this a horror movie. Like the way that it's shot, the way that the scenes are, the way the camera is like kind of shaky mm-hmm. sometimes when she's running, like it makes it feel like they're trying to make a horror show. Like this is a horror show, mm-hmm. but like you don't have to make this scenario scary. It's scary mm-hmm. because it's scary. It yeah. is inherently scary for a black woman to find herself teleported to the past, to the 1800s, where she has no agency as a woman, mm-hmm. no agency as a black person, isn't supposed to know how to read, is too smart for her own good, doesn't know how to not look people in the fucking eyes, right? There's a whole litany of issues that mm-hmm. are just part of who she is as a woman in 1971 that mm-hmm. she is not allowed to use in 1816. And it's all about her trying to reconcile the past and the present. Like, that's the point. That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say for you, if tomorrow morning, and we talked about this in our in our analysis, right? Mm-hmm. You were like, if tomorrow morning I woke up and I was transported to the old country where my grandma, my great grandma's from, right? Yeah. If I were transported there, like even if you had a really beautiful family and you had like a house that wasn't terrible and like you could probably live comfortably there right even mm-hmm. if it was the best case scenario it would still be scary yeah it would still be what the fuck right it would still be huge it would still be a gigantic departure like from your reality like mm-hmm. that reality shift is scary when mm-hmm. something happens that makes us question our reality that is the definition of horror mm-hmm. like literally anything that makes you go wait what that's horror. It doesn't matter if it's not like slasher horror, right? Or if it's not, you know, like sci-fi horror where there's an alien chasing you to like operate on your insides, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter the situation. Horror is the discordance between what we know to be true and what we are experiencing. Monster mm-hmm. under the bed. What we know to be true. It's probably nothing. But also there's scratching nails under my bed and I don't know what it could fucking be. That's horror, right? And so like trying to make something scary that is already inherently scary, that has scare built into it just by virtue of the situation feels cheap and it feels demeaning and it feels disrespectful. And like I, I feel terrible saying that about something that I know black people probably lovingly did, right? They probably took a lot of care on their end anyway to like try to make something good. But Mm -hmm. like I gotta tell you, first episode done and complete and over strong disapprove yeah heavy dislike hard pass very upset gonna continue watching it to the last episode mm-hmm. but it will be a struggle for me well because i'm like, even trying to like i'm trying to because at this point by the end of episode one i'm like all right we've thrown the book out the window so i'm trying I mean, as episode two and when we get into it i'm going to talk a lot about it as I've been trying to now divulge, this is its own thing. Okay. Yeah. 
It's no longer a retelling. It's more of a reimagining. Yes. Even as a reimagining, it's awful. It's not good. It's not well done. No, No, because it's not saying anything. No. Right now, it's saying absolutely nothing. It's It's saying slavery was bad. Okay. What are you doing that's different? Yeah. How are you making me connect with this in a new way? Yeah. Like, I, I, man. I know. So on this high that we've talked about when we're all amped up, we're going to (laughs) quickly say lots of thoughts and opinions. Tune in next week when we are going to continue on our thoughts and opinions because boy, oh boy, does the second episode somehow get kind of worse. Yes, it does. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? It's going to be something we're all going to talk about. And maybe I'll look back on this with some hee-hees and ha-has when we finish at the end. I don't know. But it'll be great. Yeah. I hope hope so. I hope. I hope so. Yeah. Candace, where can the people of the internet find you and your stuff? You can find me at that Candace girl on Twitter, at Candace the Magnificent, pretty much everywhere else. Uh, I do variety streaming on Twitch, which includes video games, uh, Lego builds, uh, solo TTRPG adventures, um, ukulele concerts, and more. Um, You can also find me on YouTube at Candace the Magnificent, where you can find all of my ice cream reviews and some other TTRPG reviews that I've done and will be doing in the future. Um, I, uh, am a TTRPG, uh, pro- professional, honestly, it sounds weird to say that, but I am, um, <laughs> I, I GM and role play, uh, for part of my living. Um, I'm also a writer, so please feel free to hit me up and follow what I'm doing if you want some more. Yeah. And I love this little happy ending to our <laughs> rage that we have right now. <laughs> this entire podcast is one giant shit post except it matters exactly (laughs) and we will catch you all next week with more thoughts opinions emotions and feelings bye bye Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on everything. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook technically, but like don't follow me on Facebook because I don't really post on there. Um, And I'm on Twitter until it dies, inevitably. This probably won't age well, but that's fine. Um, And I also have a Patreon, so if you consider joining, you can join for as low as $1 a month and you get access to a lot of cool exclusive stuff. Um, but this, we're going to keep going with all of the Patreon, not Patreon, sorry, all of the Kindred TV shows. And then we're going to move into Interview with a Vampire with Candace still. So that'll be fun. You're going to get a lot of fun Candace content, which is great because they're great. But that's all I have for you all. I hope you all are enjoying these episodes. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux, and I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye.